to have that experience of awe is, at least for the moment, to let go of yourself, to transcend the sense of separation. Many of the great wisdom traditions of the earth have pointed to what we're calling the overview effect. That is to say, they have realized this unity, this oneness of all life on earth and of consciousness and awareness. Hello, Earthlings, and welcome back to the Overview Effect with James Perrin, the podcast where we share stories of personal growth and transformation that have shaped how we see the world and therefore how we choose to be within it. I'm so excited to share today's conversation with you with two incredibly brave, articulate and wise women, Isabel Lucas and Sally Townsend. Now, Isabel is quite a well-known actress and activist who's spoken out on many environmental and social causes over the years. And Sally is an ethical business leader who has been through and continues to go through her own cancer journey. Now, at first you may think, this is a bit of a strange pairing. Why are these two in the same conversation, in the same episode? But what they share is that they've both had their own personal health challenges and through that they've been led to natural healing modalities. But it's actually much more than just about health. You see, their own journeys have opened them up to listening to and trusting their own intuition and inner guidance system, even in and especially in the face of criticism from people around them and even the public at large. This is a very wide-ranging conversation. We talk about all sorts of things, including some of the problems with the broader healthcare industry, the influence of big business and government, censorship, mandates, the changing political landscape, and so much more. But mostly, this is a conversation about bravery and having the bravery to listen to what your inner guidance system is telling you. I want to acknowledge both of these women for openly and vulnerably sharing their stories today. I want to acknowledge the country that we recorded this on, Bunjilung land, overlooking Wollumbun at my house. And I want to acknowledge you, dear listener, for being open and curious and tuning in to hear someone else's perspective and to hold the capacity for diversity of thought. So with that, I offer you this conversation with Isabel Lucas and Sally Townsend. <laughs> All right, ready to go? Yeah. Cool. Sally and Isabel, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's awesome that we were able to finally tee this up. There's been a lot of back and forth there's been logistical challenges there's been illness from all of us yes. <laughs> uh, but we're on the other side now it's a beautiful day we're overlooking Wollumbin so thank you so much for making the trip to come up here and do this I really appreciate it pleasure yeah it's such a beautiful beautiful view here yeah. and with this little periwinkle bird joining us yes we get all the birds oh, coming in to yeah. say g'day we get the we get the mice we get the <laughs> frogs in the pond you know we've yeah. been here on this block for three years now and it in that time we've just been able to see so much change which yeah. is amazing we love it it's I'm just sh- such a stunning spot yeah and i'm sure the land does inform what is able to open up through the conversations as well when you are here yeah because yeah, you're so close to that beautiful to mount Wollumbin here yeah it's it gives a beautiful perspective definitely mm. it's a nice reference point i feel like Wollumbin's kind of like that actually like it's a reference point it helps mm. us orient and it 
in that way it can kind of help us orient the conversation because yeah, we're not just in some absolutely. secluded studio we're yeah. like overlooking nature yeah. and the real world yeah it's gorgeous all right so i'm gonna start with the question i always start with which is this concept of the overview effect so this experience this paradigm shift that astronauts describe when they go into space and look back on earth and feel this overwhelming sense of connection to nature and humanity and um I just love that concept and I love hearing stories about experiences that people have had that have really changed them and shaped who they are. So Sally, I feel like we're going to spend a lot of conversation time on your story. So perhaps we open with Isabel. Isabel, do you have any stories or experiences you'd like to share? Yeah, thank you. It's I love this question. And um yeah, it's a really lovely offering actually to introduce everyone with this question because it just straight away encourages us to reflect on everything and take us back to maybe like yeah, not our origin but like the seed aspect of the seed of where we you know coming here. Um <clears throat> and I'll just add I'm post cold so I'm still a little bit a little bit cloggy if I, yeah. <laughs> you can't be more nasally than me, so it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, well, so for me, the first thing that came to my head is what I call synchronicity, um, which has always been a big topic in my life. And I've experienced, um, yeah, just a plethora of synchronicities in my life. And for me, I, I see it as a... A language or a li- an alignment with nature's intelligence um, something that is yeah a language that I recognize as a sign like signs or um, <sighs> it's like for me that's what it all comes back to and with um, that butcher bird really wants to be part of the conversation. Oh, or is that a magpie? That's a magpie. <laughs> so beautiful, magpie. Yeah. Um, and it could really be anything. It can be anything at all. But um, I guess the it started really with reoccurring dreams when I was really young. And then it took me into um, a whole journey of a health journey around migraines because I would lose my vision. Um, when I was quite young and then I went on this whole like seeing so many different doctors and health professionals in in the medical system throughout my childhood and then it went deeper and on and on and then the dreams stopped and that's when the migraine started and it was like um, a whole yeah deep health journey and then it I found my um, resolution through kinesiology and through someone I would see regularly in Switzerland my family on my mum's side from Switzerland um and then a couple other different very profound dreams that I had and um I, I think at that time I had no idea really how to tra- uh, um, translate them or make sense of them um and it was really through kind of um the connection with my grandmother who sort of helped me accept and and understand the dreams because she often had um 
similar kind of insights and um, I feel like she had a, some like an oracular sort of vision like oracle like she would often know things before they happened mm. and um, my mum would tell me about it and but it was really through talking to Grosmuiti um, that that made more sense for me um, yeah so I think those dreams were a big thing for me um, especially when they all sort of came to oh when it all sort of became a lot clearer maybe two or three years ago and um, I still find it really difficult to talk about because it feels so um, to me it feels really big and I often find it really tricky to put words to um, yeah like many like yeah just big topics I often just don't know how to speak about this one but it was that combination of of synchronicity and trusting that language of what I recognize to be a guiding thread in my life um, and that it was all interconnected over the years and even the losing my vision was like for me my body saying like I don't want to see this yet it's too much mm. and because when I got the migraine I couldn't see for the day that I got them and I'd stopped getting the dreams at that time that I got the migraine so it was all like quite symbolic in a way and um, yeah the kinesiology helped me with um, understanding that mm. I really love kinesiology yeah do you still get the dreams no I don't the last one was when I was 25 mm. um, but I um, yeah I have to, it's kind of different now and they're not like a normal dream it was for me the only way I'd really describe it. it's like knowing that there's seven colors and then you have a moment where you experience an eighth color or something and you're like whoa what what is that's not it didn't fit into what dreams were for me it was a very unusual experience that was like yeah a totally different but extremely personal mm. um yeah I just would wake up completely distraught crying and like uh, it was just yeah like something that felt so intimate but still not quite knowing how to understand it or unpack it at that time mm. yeah wow. um but yeah I trust it now and I've I've learned over time to trust that inner um, thread or guiding sense or that little voice or it all feels very interconnected for me and I, when I don't trust it I always have I always experience repercussions and I know that now and I so that's why I adhere to that knowing mm. or to that little voice wow so it almost sounds like it gave you the, these these dreams and this experience over this period of time gave you a glimpse of something that is not within our what we see what our current Linear what's measurable time. what's tangible in this current i don't know matrix we could say of mm. life gave you a maybe. glimpse of something else that maybe you can't really comprehend and understand but mm. a glimmer of that I can't, sounds mm. to me like 
what what I think is kind of similar, which I've experienced a little bit of, or I've heard other people talk about, is you know like a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. where they get a glimpse of something else. Sometimes it's through meditation or through a teacher or whatever that is, and then come back to this reality but there's a knowing there an intuitive knowing that there's something else there and that can help guide us we don't know what it is but we know that there's more than what we can just see here and now yeah 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 that's beautiful he said um -hmm. (laughs) i'm just yeah i i resonate with what you say there yeah Mm. i love how that you said that 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 guides you back to like your inner knowing and your intuition as well because um inner tutor inner tuition tutor i like that the connections in the yeah inner tutor (laughs) Mm. um and also i i like um i mean i'm sure you're into etymology etymology is that the right the 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 meanings in words Mm. um like even um oh there was an interesting one i heard the other day like con scent is con means with and sense or scent scent is your senses to be in your senses so to to be with your senses you need to be like out of your head and out of stress and out of fear or Mm. and to be really feeling your body and your senses so mm. to be able to give consent, you've got to really feel your body. Just, yeah, words like that. But yes, um, it did bring me back to that intuition. I think my mum and, yeah, my grandma guided me with, with that always too. And I, I, I don't know if it's really taught at schools in the way that I'd love to, to see it being taught at school. Because I think it's so important for children to um, connect with that um yeah that inner tutor that is there the mm. intuition one word that i've mm. loved the the kind of meaning of when you break it down is enthusiasm <clears throat> which comes from the greek word entheos which means the god within yeah so enthusiasm is the yeah. expression of the god within wow. and um yeah, you know when you talk about children at school and we we did have a bit of a chat about education system and maybe we'll go down that rabbit hole Mm. after but we'll see Mm. but um i reflect on my schooling and it was like these are the standards you have to meet and these are the thing facts you have to study and this is how you you know succeed whereas the way that we're trying to teach our children and sally i know you're homeschooling as well is to bring out that inner enthusiasm with the child. You know, they mm-hmm. can choose what they want to do. They, what do they get excited about? What are they passionate about? Because mm-hmm. that's living, right? Living, that's, it's like, there's an, a quote that just keeps coming back to me over and over again, which says that, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Mm-hmm. Because what the world needs are people who have come alive. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about that, like so good. teaching children or, or role modeling to people in the world how to trust their inner guidance, mm. their inner enthusiasm, their t- intuition on what makes them come alive, regardless of mm. whether we agree with the external facts or figures or not. Like people that have tapped mm. into that, that's what we need more of. Mm. Yeah. That's 100%. a whole other. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So Sally. 
Yes. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna jump to you now, and I'd love to hear your your story, your overview effect experience, or what you'd like to share. Oh, absolutely, and um, it does tail in well to what you've said about intuition and getting to um, listen to that voice within you, as you were saying, Isabel. It's so important, and it's something that um, certainly um, I don't think I was really in tune with um, myself, um, but have been learning more more about that and how important that is, that, that inner knowing. Mm. Um, my story is um, a, very much a health journey too. And it's so mm. interesting, isn't it? That mm-hmm. so many people's um, stories of mm. moments where they really change or can change for the better are those moments of health crises mm-hmm. because they force us to do a lot of inner work that otherwise we could just leave by the sidelines, which is certainly something that I had done very much so, because um, there's important things to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we don't spend time nurturing the inner um, and listening to the still small voice that um, that that God has placed within us. Um, so only. Um, 18 months ago, a bit more than 18 months ago now, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, which was a triple positive, um, triple positive stage 3C cancer, which was a very aggressive, fast spreading, unpleasant cancer to have. Um, And um, the experience of having that has completely changed who I am and how I view the world and um, the way I live and... um, well, everything really. And it's actually, despite how awful it has been and how difficult the journey has been, uh, it has been one of the most important and good experiences of my life that I actually wouldn't trade given again because I don't think I was receptive to hearing prior to the crisis. Mm. <laughs> wow. So unfortunately... <laughs> Unfortunately, I needed something that dramatic as a life-death situation to be able to change in the way that I, that, um, that I needed to. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I went down and stop me going down my story if you want Please, to no, butt no, in or anything like that. I had, I had very much gone... Um, down the mainstream track. And I was very much a mainstream sort of a person. I'd done um, lots of lovely work on the sidelines. My background was in um, advocacy and working for human rights and human trafficking and that sort of thing. But I was very much a mainstream person, very much somebody who believed the best of people, who believed the best of governments, who believed the very best of medical institutions and, and that most people were probably like me and just wanted the best for everybody else genuinely mm-hmm. um and um my experience with the health system via cancer mm-hmm. um was one that left me incredibly disillusioned um with the nature of things in the health system because previously i hadn't encountered and hadn't had a need to encounter medicine very much apart from having children mm-hmm. and so this was my first real encounter with it and i was very much struck by the fact that there was no desire to really understand where 
the cancer came from or why mm. I got the cancer in the first place. And uh, not to criticise any of the individuals within the institution, there are mm. so many wonderful doctors and nurses yeah. and they've been yeah. providing women with beautiful care. Yeah. But the nature of the way the institution is structured is absolutely not for wellness. It's not, It really doesn't seem to want us to find the root cause of any sort of health issue. Um, and I saw a couple of oncologists and GP and, I mean, I've seen a lot of health professional surgeons and whatnot, everyone, and I'd always ask with this cancer, um, do we have any idea of where this might have come or anything else that I can do in order to help my healing process? Mm. And I was, apart from one oncologist who said, you can do some exercise, I was always told no we have no idea where cancer comes from and um, there's nothing that you can do the best thing you can do is do this treatment and that being chemotherapy radiation and surgery which are all incredibly damaging and all of which through my now (laughs) through my research all of which can cause more cancer to actually occur as well as well as all sorts of other horrific side effects that we all we all know about because we've all seen on television the pictures of cancer patients and things with no hair and skinny and all all the rest of it. Um, So I needed to go on a search for my own answers. But unfortunately, you're not given the time with cancer. So as soon as you get that diagnosis, immediately you're injected with fear because they tell you if you don't follow these protocols, if you don't have the... Um, the radical surgery if you don't go through all of this chemotherapy and things then the chances are that you are well not even the chances you are going to die Mm. if you don't do this Mm. and then you've got the whole guilt trip being a mother myself what about your child and that sort of thing and I was asking questions I've heard that people can heal naturally somehow from cancer Um, but that was never anything that was entertained, you know, and no, but you know, the majority of people die and when they try that and so forth. So you're really in a place of fear, Mm. um, which is not a good place to be and certainly not a place to be where your body can actually heal (laughs) when you're in that fear and stress state, your body is actually unable to heal itself. Um, so, um, I went through with chemotherapy, but whilst I was doing the chemotherapy, I also did a heck of a lot of research into, well, where can cancer come from and, um, and what can I do? And, oh, my goodness, there is so much. There is so much that you can do in order to get your body into a place where it can heal itself. And this was astounding to Mm. me. And I just grew hungrier and hungrier for the information because I was like, oh my goodness, this isn't just good for me healing cancer. This is information every single person on the planet should know just as a means of staying staying well and staying in your best state. And what was also overwhelming to me was the amount of damage that's around us that is cancer-causing. There are so many things around us that are causing cancer to form in our bodies. And, oh, my goodness, that's a whole other track I could go on and list all of the different things. Yeah, exactly. So many things. 
Um, and just eradicating a lot of those um, and minimizing them as much as possible and doing all of the good things that you can do in order to provide a state where your body can heal itself. Mm-hmm. You can heal itself. If we mm-hmm. look at the rate mm-hmm. of injury versus the rate of repair and we make sure we do more on the side of repairing our body than we are injuring it, then our body absolutely has the capacity to heal itself, mm. which is amazing. That, it's totally amazing, but it also totally makes sense. Like when we get, just think back to intuition, like when we, when I hear that the body has everything it needs to heal itself, like in my gut, it's just like, oh yeah, well mm. that just feels true. And it's purifying right? itself all the time, every moment, all the cells are always doing what they know how to do Mm. to heal and purify themselves in this moment yeah our our focus seems to be so much in in the health world but then also we could expand this to other areas of the world in minimizing harm Mm. it sounds like sally your story the first thing was okay we need to get in there and get the radiation the chemo or whatever to try to minimize the harm Mm. but there was no talk about creating good you know and i've seen that in my line of work around like environment environmentalism and business is like how do we minimize our footprint yeah. rather than actually how do we flip it so that we're Generate, actually generating yeah. positive outcomes, exactly. regenerative, positive, like Outland Denim is a great example of flipping that on its yeah. head. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, but what are, what, what, so what were some of the things that you did? Can you uh, share? Oh, absolutely. I'd love to yeah. share um, some wonderful things. So, These are great things to be washed out into the mainstream narratives around how we think about cancer yet, mm. and health, obviously. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So a big thing, a big issue is glyphosate and the damage glyphosate does, that being the chemical that they, the active ingredient in Roundup, mm. yeah. um, which is the chemical that they spray billions upon billions, probably trillions uh, mm. of gallons um, across the world on all the food we eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and consuming that causes massive injury inside our body which leads to which leads to cancer because it breaks down the communication network within our body so our cells cannot communicate with each other and they don't know any more what they're mm. supposed to do and a cancer cell is a cell that has lost its ability to communicate with the rest of the cells in the body mm. um, and once it knows what it's supposed to do it will form apoptosis which is cell suicide and go okay i am not needed anymore and so i will clear out the body self-destruct as it's supposed to where a new stem cell will happen but if that communication process has been interrupted Mm. then it can't know what to do Mm. and it's just like society at large isn't it the body is such a micro great metaphor yeah it's a microcosm of the larger when we're not in proper communication with each other, mm-hmm. that's when destruction actually happens within relationships, mm-hmm. within broad, within countries against yeah. countries and so forth. Really. It's the same pattern, isn't it? And so one thing, one of the big things I've done is to start eating organic and be incredibly aware mm-hmm. of what is going into that food. So eliminating glyphosate is one. And mm-hmm. second one, how about I just do three? Because I've got okay. about a billion. Yeah. <laughs> um, the second one I've mm. discovered is breath work, which is just the best. 
surprised. Mm. It's absolutely miraculous in terms of what it can do. So we've got one nerve within our body, which is the vagus nerve, which is the main control, main message signaling going Mm. from our brain to all of our essential organs. And that can become toxified very easily through just living life in the normal world, including stress. Mm. And... um, Mm. That's also where we are either in a sympathetic or parasympathetic state where we're in the state of stress or a state of stress, fight and flight, flight, or in a state of um, rest and digest. Rest and digest or Mm. rest and repair. Mm. Absolutely. Um, And the vagus nerve is in in Mm. control of that. And Mm. we, um, the breath work enables you to tone that vagus nerve to help get rid of toxins and to put your body in a state of the parasympathetic state Mm. for the majority of your time, which is where you should be. So your body is in a state where it can rest and repair. Mm. Now, when you are a cancer patient, you are mostly in a state of stress because you're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to die and we're putting all these harsh chemicals into our body Mm. and we're giving surgery and all of these things are creating incredible stress. Mm. which is only serving to create more toxicity within that vagus nerve. So we're preventing the ability, our body's own ability to heal. Mm. So this breath work has been incredible in terms of relaxation and getting into that, mm. that state, um, but also doing some of the Wim Hof method mm. um, because a huge, mm. a, a huge um, input into feeling stressed, not just feeling stressed, but carrying a load of um unhealed emotional injury um can be and it's scientifically proven to be Mm. a cause of cancer so deep trauma and deep trauma believe it or not is held in the base of our lungs Mm. so when you do breath work and you do that serious that Wim Hof breath work oh you're moving it yeah, you're, mo- you're literally yeah. moving yeah. the trauma physically yes. through and out of your body. And you wow. have that incredible emotional release. And sometimes within these classes, because I do a weekly, weekly class with this now, mm. you, people cry yeah. or they might yell out or scream as that trauma is being released. And it doesn't necessarily have to even pass through cognition like mm. it would if you were doing psychology or whatnot. It's just re- simply released. Yeah. It's yeah. quite miraculous. So the breath work wow. is the second one. And I guess, and the third one I'll say is hydration, mm-hmm. rehydrating. Because again, cancer cells are very um, dehydrated cells that m- look more like uh, sultanas <laughs> than they do a nice plump, plumped mm. up grape, if you like. Yeah. Um, and we have such a problem with hydration because um, municipal water mm. is very problematic. I think they find over 200 different trace chemicals and whatnot within mm. that. Um, and even if we purify the water, we're not getting the mineral content because it's taking the minerals out and we need those minerals, those essential minerals, because they help the cells take on board the water and mm. hydration. So it helps to plump up the cells. So a simple trick in order to rehydrate all of our individual cells is to simply have your filter, filtered water and pop some nice Celtic sea salt that's well farmed, <laughs> uh, well sourced mm-hmm. um, into into the water, and then just add alkalize, alkalizing it with um, a bit of lemon juice or a bit of lime juice, mm. and that can help rehydrate your body really, really well. 
Um, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're just three things. Just three of many. There are many. <laughs> <clears throat> There's so many threads that I could pull there, um, but mm. one that really stands out to me. First of all, you've mentioned a few things, like this is really exciting just mm. in terms of podcast staging because some of the next guests I've got the next few weeks are specifically focused on like anti-glyphosate like regenerative farming oh, wow. and then like Wim yeah. Hof breath work. So I've got, I've got some guests yeah. that I'm going to deep dive into that sort of stuff. Oh, on. that's so good. Um, mm. But the, the, the something that just came up for me when you were talking about breathing and holding our trauma in our lungs and how breathing helps us move that. Um, I'm kind of relaying the, the, I'm making a metaphor again of this, of the collective, like you two did with the cells in the body. If you think about just where we're at in society, you know, after the few, the the many thousands of years of Mm. just the way we've been going. And we all, I think, feel like we're all holding this like societal trauma. Like Mm. the way that we're living is not the way we really know we could be living, right? And if you think about the last few years, mm. so much has come up around breath, right? COVID, <gasps> attacking the lungs, striking that fear into people. Yes, George yes. Floyd, oh, I can't breathe, you know, yeah. which started the protests around the world. Like, and then just, wearing the mask. Yeah, yeah. like, the, like yeah. yeah, masks stopping us from yeah. breathing. There's been so yeah. much, like, collective focus on breathing, breath. lungs, breath. Yeah. And it's just, it's coming yeah. up and it's one of those synchronicities yeah. on a collective mm. level, right? Mm-hmm. That's maybe telling us, mm hey, you know, there's some unresolved collective trauma here that we need to work through. Such a good point. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That is so true. And also like holding your tongue, like don't question this or that. Don't communicate. Don't speak what you're witnessing or observing or what you might think might be important to be curious about or, you know, don't turn over the rock and look under what's, you know, what's underneath here. Mm. What are, what are the potential agendas going on? Or, I mean, that's something I've experienced, you know, but I think questioning and critical analysis and speaking with health professionals of, you know, who have their whole lifetimes of experience is so important. And that's again, the communication topic, which is another symbolic, Mm. um, landmarky point that you just mentioned with Mm. with the cancer with the cells not communicating anymore and yeah that's another being not allowed to communicate Mm. being not allowed to say certain things or question certain things we are allowed though that's the point we are allowed Mm. but we might be threatened through fear or through reputation you know just just having your reputation destroyed or through just asking questions yeah mm. so of course we're allowed but you might be humiliated isn't there that great quote um truth passes through three stages first it is ridiculed second it is violently opposed third it is considered as being self-evident i remember reading that a few a couple of years ago and just being like hmm that's hmm wow it's an interesting one i think mm. his name's like arthur some German last name I actually forget who yeah. it's but I, I I definitely resonated with, with absolutely that one. and this is what drew your bravery and your willingness to speak out um, in relation to things in relation to health is what um, first made me want to connect with with Isabel mm. over over health and what mm. what's happening at the moment that incredible bravery. So did that happen when you were going through this journey? Did you reach out and connect 
whilst you were going through what it's... Yeah, so um, it's been more recent. It was the um, mm. close to the beginning of the year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And um, through James. Through James, yeah. And yeah. Frontline Denim. Yeah. yeah. Mutual. Previous friend episode guest. Go yeah. back and listen to that one, listeners. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So I was engaging in conversation with um, James about my story in the mm. research that I did in relation to the vaccine and cancer because with the journey that I had in the first place and looking at the mm. what what can I actually do to heal myself and realizing there's so much out there that I have to be careful of and I was being so careful about what it, I was putting into my body I was like I think I'll avoid the vaccine and I didn't bother doing any research or anything in relation to it I just felt like that inner voice mm. saying I don't think this is right for me but then that mandate came in and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have to devote some time <laughs> to researching this and finding out what the story is there. Um, and that led me down a whole rabbit hole of information, mm. which I can go into na- now or... Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, go, go through about that it. now. You said you, you... I remember you saying to me you just spoke with many, many doctors mm. and then you started reading... Um, papers and all kinds of I, I'd be interested to yeah yeah absolutely so um what the first thing I did was think because there was so much information out there and I was being a bit overwhelmed because there's evidence on both sides of the yeah. story yeah. Um, and it's like how can I trust something so I have a friend in London who works in ER and so I contacted her and just sent her a text and said can I just ask you a few questions about the vaccine and so forth and she said sure but I can't talk on this platform we'll have to do a secret one so I was like oh my goodness <laughs> already there's a Red. sign yeah. <laughs> yeah and so um I called her and spoke to her and and the first thing she said is how's your fear levels <laughs> and I'm like oh no <laughs> wow um, she said, now all the things that I'm going to tell you, you just, you know, you need to remember that there is always hope and stay calm and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, what she'd seen in London and obviously the experience there would be very different to here because they were much, they were further ahead, mm. further ahead with the rollout of the vaccines and COVID and all that. Mm. But working in our ER, she'd seen quite a lot of, um, negative responses to the vaccine, uh, but she'd also seen quite a bit of covering up within the hospital and she had um, alerted her superiors to, you know, what was going on and so forth and um, having a lot of questions around the vaccine and things. And she was pulled aside with another one of her colleagues and told, you cannot ask these questions. You cannot ask these questions. Heads will roll over this. Wow. And so even the attempt to 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 do something was mm. thwarted um and so she spent a lot of time just digging around medical journals and things and she her advice to me was you really need to avoid the rock vaccine for as long as you possibly can i also spoke to my um my main holistic doctor who's been incredibly helpful on my journey into wellness he's been brilliant um and he he said no i've I know of so many patients who have come in whose cancer was mm. under control and now we're seeing a resurgence in a strange way in their cancers. Whoa. Um, and then the laboratory where I send a lot of my cancer 
uh, samples to just to keep a check on it. Um, spoke with them um, and they mm. would only comment indirectly because they said we are not allowed to officially say anything. But obviously that lab deals completely mm. with cancers all the time and they mm. said we are seeing mm. a huge surge in cancers and the mm. cancers are coming back more aggressively and in very, very different ways. Um, I also reached out to a number of um, uh, health professionals worldwide that were uh, in the field of cancer research and so forth and reached out directly and I did have some responses and basically they were just saying you need to avoid this as long as possible and sent me journal articles describing the mechanisms by which cancer, uh, the vaccine could um, enhance cancer um, or make cancer happen. Mm-hmm. So, and not proving that that was mm-hmm. happening, but the mechanisms, they could prove the mechanisms of action in which it would occur. Mm. Um, and um, I took all of those to my oncologist, all, uh, uh, all of these different mm-hmm. pieces of information and journal articles and so forth. And uh, I took them directly to my oncologist. And I asked, can you give me just one study? that will tell me that this vaccine is safe for cancer patients. Just one. No, there aren't any. There aren't any. And I said, yep, but your website for Queensland Health says that it's completely safe and effective for people with cancer. That's what it says. Mm -hmm. I said, can you show me any evidence that that's true? No, we can't. And I was like, so will you tell me that I need to get the vaccine? We have to tell you wow. to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I rang, I rang the TGA directly to find out what sort of studies have you done in relation to cancer? Have you done any studies to mm-hmm. show that it is safe for cancer patients? The, and they say mm-hmm. their response was, there are no studies, but we know that they're safe for cancer patients. Mm-hmm. How can that be safe if you haven't done any studies? I rang Queensland Health directly and ask them for the same information. What studies do you have to show, to demonstrate that we absolute, that, that mm. this is not going to cause cancer in any way? No, I'm sorry, but we don't have any studies. And on and on, and I was always going directly to source, always directly to source, never just going off, oh, this person said this or that person said that on the internet or whatnot. I was going directly to source. Mm. And there was no- Scientific yeah. evidence. Yes. Right. Yeah, because I was researching like my life depended on it because mm, it, did. it did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And and it's really really frightening. It's really frightening that there's no evidence and yet and yet they would force this <clears throat> on people mm. and recommend it to people. Um, and it's not even saying that this is directly causing cancer. It's saying there is enough evidence to suggest that there's a huge question mark, which yes. means we should at least pause. Yes. At least pause and do some study mm. before we enforce this. Yes. I mean, it's not like we have any examples of rolling things out into the world when we, in hindsight, shouldn't have, <laughs> like DDT or glyphosate uh-huh. or ozone-depleting chemicals or whatever it is. So the precedent's been set there that we do this. Yeah. We do this. We, through the, the, the illusion of control, trying to control something, we throw out some sort of Band-Aid. Oh, yeah. quick, this will fix it. It's like a quick fix scheme. 
go and get the mandate, then we don't have to worry about COVID anymore. Yeah. But there's no precautionary principle involved. That's right. And that and that's such a problem. And the thing is too, we're always told protect the vulnerable, protect the vulnerable. Well, cancer is a much bigger killer than COVID. Oh, yeah. mm. Like it's now I think it's now the number one killer in Australia. Yeah, and yet you're not protecting those people. Mm. Mm. You're not protecting those people. But and, and this is the story that I was telling my friend and he was like, oh, You should talk to Isabel. Mm. She's been speaking up and I think that you guys would connect well over this and that's when i reached out to isabel and mm. told you know talked talked to my story with her and was just yeah really encouraged by her bravery mm. in her sector being in the media mm. and um mm. that's tough what you what you've done because isabel you were getting um contacted by a lot of people with their personal stories and experiences weren't you post getting the vaccine oh yeah. Gosh. <laughs> I remember seeing you share yeah. a few things of just like some horrific yeah. stories. I mean, a lot of personal stories. And I think that's why I feel quite bewildered because I'm like, I, I mean, I know a countless, so many different people who have died uh, or been in hospital since or been on heart monitors since or, yeah, blood clots. It's just... So I'm a bit bewildered why other people haven't met. It's, um, yeah, it, I've had I've heard so many personal stories from close friends. Mm. Um, maybe I'm just I've always been someone who people come and share really intimate things very quickly with. So maybe it's related to that. I don't know, but um, yeah, and then. Similar to you, I mean, I went to all my doctors in California, Switzerland, Melbourne, Byron Bay, where all the places I've lived, and I contacted each one of them. And then I went on many conference calls with all kinds of medical professionals, and then went on the rabbit holes of like, well, who actually funds the this campaign for? What is this? Who is the pharmaceutical system? The mainstream media, government, they're all money conglomerates. They're all actually funded by, if you follow the thread, they're funded by the same conglomerates. Of, um, it's, it's, it's top-down systems and there's so many incredibly valuable, in, intelligent, wonderful um, people in these systems and obviously you know a lot of people get into the health industry because they they care and there's so many amazing doctors and um it's very complex highly complex and i I don't even i don't even really know how to speak about it i just know my own experience within this all this whole thing and all my doctors were were just saying yeah please this is off the record i wouldn't touch it that's the thing wow. that I always have to say. This is off the record. Yeah. And my conscience just was like, it was just so screamingly loud. And I was like, oh, no, I have a platform. I I have, I, if I don't, I, I just, I don't, I don't, if I don't speak about it, what, like, how would I be okay in mm. my conscience? And um, so I felt, very cautious of navigating this very as respectfully as I could 
also because I had um, been vaccinated as a child and growing up and I um, hadn't really researched a lot um, on the topic until it was a, a spending weeks and weeks and weeks talking to specific people and reading and, and you know, I know that you've been in this, mm. but yeah, we've, you know, I, it's I, like a... When you say you were bewildered, I completely resonate because like there's enough of a question there right that we're just saying hey what about this we're hearing this we're seeing this these doctors these people are all saying this and it's bewildering that not only is like the system the the people within the system hey i can't say this it's got to be off the record but also just the general public and like general public views obviously there's a huge range of it but like I would suspect that the three of us, and I'm making some assumptions here, so please tell me if I'm wrong, but the three of us throughout our lives have, you know, been largely aligned with, I guess you might call the mainstream or progressive left, or at least like the kind of ethical business, the Mm -hmm. environmentalism, the B Corp, Mm -hmm. that that whole world, right? Yeah. Which has always, well, not always, but has called out like, anti-establishment you know anti-big oil hey big tech censoring us you know big pharma prior to this big pharma was the least trusted Pfizer was the least trusted company in the least trusted industry in the world yeah right so it's been an incredible PR turnaround (laughs) yeah right right. and and like call like so so like I've been like on the front lines at forest blockades calling out mining companies and it's like we're against this kind of like corporate system that's trying to degrade our world and ours and 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 us for profits but here we are seeing the threat of this again but for whatever reason that world particularly that left has gone no, 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 you have to, this is, this is the line we have to toe. And it's just bewildering that it's like, hey, can't we just ask this question? Mm-hmm. And it's not to say, we're not coming from a place of going, hey, we're complete, we think everyone that gets it is going to die. You know, it's no, not like that. It's no, not like, of course not. but those theories get thrown out there to discredit the questions. Yes, right? Yeah. yeah, but it's just it, it, like, it's such a, bewildering is is the is the right world be- mm. right word because i haven't been able to orient myself in society since it's like hang on mm. all of a sudden now that those people over there who i don't agree with anything else that they say mm. they're actually calling this out and then the people on this side who i've traditionally aligned with and still do on 90% of other things for whatever reason are saying like no you have to toe the line here yeah. have have you both experienced that yeah i think as well there's there's when we're when when there's a lot of confusion it's it's better to just you just can follow the herd and you follow what everyone else is doing because it's safe and it's like everyone else is doing it's okay it's got to be okay you know mm. i think there's a lot of that mentality going on and maybe it just it was so it, so fast like obviously this has all happened in a very compacted amount of time and um studies and and tests for vaccines in the past it goes through years Mm. a year long so many years as process um and this isn't we're not even in like the third year it's so this is the test like you know it's yeah it's 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 still officially within clinical trial phase Mm. and so few people i think actually understand that it's still in a clinical trial yeah i I think i think this like this the the covid and the vaccine is a is a, is a great example to highlight how this is like just brought all of this up to the core and um and 
but but it's really just another example of what you both kind of were talking about in sharing your personal stories which is coming back to your own conscience mm. and your own what feels right so it's it's not to say hey if you get it you're right and if or if you get it you're wrong and if you don't get it you're right it's actually not about that at all no. it's about following what your intuition and what feels right for you right mm. and that's what we feel like got taken away from us yes. which is like the ability to choose that's right right so it's not about making others wrong it's about yeah. saying you have a freedom of choice here or we should have a freedom of choice and mm. to ask questions and to have conversations and to inform one another rather than feel like this is being imposed upon us I, that's what i really felt when i was kind of in the yeah. midst of all the trauma mm. cycle yeah i feel like there it is an interesting topic that that um the one the thing with the little voice and why does why is it more valid um to have um proof and testing and um as opposed to just listening to that in a navigational system that self-referencing knowing that guides us it's there for a purpose and sure like I'm pro-science I that's why I'm speaking to scientists and doctors or why I have it's like they're they're both amazing resources that inner knowing and the system of proof and Mm. testing and but I wouldn't um class one as higher than the other yeah i think that's a really good point because if 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 we say we're going to follow the science then what we're saying is regardless of what it says that's what we're going to do you know like imagine if all of a sudden the science came out and said actually the vaccine was terrible Mm -hmm. how many people are going to be like oh like it's it that causes another confusion so it's it's almost like the scientific method the whole point of it is to measure and monitor and Mm -hmm. like control but change a control and see what the outcome is like that's the whole point of it it's like Mm -hmm. so that we can control things but it Mm -hmm. understandably by its very nature has to negate things that we can't measure right the unmeasurables yeah and and by not picking that up as well and those unmeasurables are things like feelings yeah gut feelings emotional like is this making me anxiety is this triggering my you know warning system you know like we've kind of disconnected from that kind of like the cells in the body and just thrown all of our um all of our decision making we've just outsourced it to this authority or that authority yes right and rather than taking that information and going okay here's that information i will take that and I will also look over here and I'll see how that feels in my body and trust that. Yep. And I'll also talk to other people who I generally connect in their, in their lived experience and I'll take mm. that. And then I will make a decision rather yep. than just outsourcing it to someone else to make. Yeah, Acknowledging the body as as intelligent. And yeah. both of us have just shared our, and like at the beginning of our conversation about it was actually our body and the body's wisdom that put us on our path of, of um, becoming... Um, autonomous or in, mm-hmm. in responsible um, for for our health. You know, mm-hmm. it was actually the body's intelligence that put us on that track. Um, and I think as well, like just the word authority, it has the word author in it, which is it, why do the authorities have this authorship? And maybe it's there's a there's a big shifting happening, which mm. I'm witnessing, and um, just. 
it's that thing of like we need to also just take authority now in this time and with with love with pure love from that space and create create from there and it's happening i'm seeing it all around me Mm. is there is a real transition there is Mm. yeah. yeah embodiment is becoming like like tapping back into our body's intuition our body's signals um, mm. signals our feelings our emotions mm. and when we do that there's a real inner strength that comes from not being reliant on an external system yep right and like one of my favorite authors like ralph Waldo emerson penned an essay yeah. self-reliance about this and it's yeah. like freedom and sovereignty is actually like our own ability to respond, responsibility. Yeah. Like I yeah, can choose, yeah, my ability yeah. to respond to this situation, whether it's an external thing or even just my <laughs> behavior and how I'm perceiving and acting in this situation, yeah. you know? So like the other side, the other side of a belief doesn't trigger me. I can, res- I can like, it's like that, that's emotional freedom, right? Yeah. To be out and, and, and then from that comes a real sense of strength it's like it doesn't mean i'm going to disconnect from everyone and go live in the mountains and be a monk mm-hmm. and like be that cancer cell that's cut off from the rest of the yeah. world but it's just that ability to observe to witness and then make our own decisions from our own inner power mm. like that's powerful yep. and the people that can do that you can see it you yeah. know like yeah and those people that i witness doing that they lean in and they actually are even more so involved in community, communing mm. with, with community, creating community. And, oh, yeah, it is really empowering and it, it becomes, it's the strengthening of that interdependence, the networks and, it, and the, the um, I love the mycelian um, analogy of like, mm. you know, how the roots of tree systems speak underground and the, yes. the root systems and the mycelians and it's just... It's that underground. It's just so intelligent. It's all the communication networks, and that's what I'm seeing strengthening. Yeah. And that's mm. what I mean by authority. It's like there is this kind of like authorship, but for inf- informed by pure love or by conscience. And that's just taking over. Mm. It, and it's ready to give its life, mm. it's ready to risk everything. There's people who are risking. I mean, so much, their lives, their reputation. Like, why mm. would they do that if they didn't have that inner conviction? And That's the question, isn't it? The people that lost their jobs and yeah. their livelihoods over this, why would they do that? Mm. That's a beautiful question to all. ask. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that's, you know, when, when, I, when I publish this episode and, you know, I'll do a little intro to both of you about, like, some people might look and go, that's a strange pairing like why would you take those you know, you know an actress and a businesswoman basically but that's not really who you are they're the roles you guys play out but the, the 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 common thread here apart from your shared or similar healthcare journeys is courage and bravery to tap into that and that's what those people who are risking it all takes you know and, and there's a um i love there's a there's a few different 
versions of like emotional scales and there's a few different authorities and teachers but there's this one guy david hawkins who's written yeah his emotional scale and you know down the bottom end of the scale you've got things like shame and guilt shame guilt anger they're the lowest exactly yeah Mm. you you know actually anger's quite high up it's above depression okay angers because because there's anger is like has an energy of like there's movement there yeah Mm. it's movement yeah it can be good Mm -hmm. yeah so you're right it's like apathy grief those are right down the spectrum up the very top you've got you know enlightenment and joy and love and all Mm. that the one that's right in the middle that's yeah i know all that good stuff (laughs) we're talking about the shit at the moment (laughs) enlightenment joy love reason acceptance they're all the ones at the top Mm. the one in the middle which is the inflection point which he kind of often says to people who are stuck down the lower end of that spectrum, the one that you just have to get to is courage. When you get to that one, that's, that's the turning point from those fear-based ones to those power-based ones. Gee, that's so good. And that's certainly been <laughs> so good. been my experience too with just in the health journey and the cancer journey is that turning point into courage. Um, because on one side I had, you know, family and friends and people that really loved and cared about me going, you really need to stick with the, you know, the protocol from the authorities. Mm. You need to outsource (laughs) to Mm. people who know better, Mm. um, and continue following that because, you know, your life's on the line. But for me, it was listening to that still small voice. And for me... Um, with my faith um, and just really praying and seeking and saying, what way do I go? I've found more out about the natural way and I need to trust that I will find the information that I need as I need it. Mm-hmm. Can I just n- know which way to go? Can I know? Can I listen and find that information? Can I know? Can I know that? And I remember um, just praying and I was out in nature and I just felt a real connection with God. And I just saw in the clouds like a vision saying, no more poisons. And it was that point that gave me that courage, that inflection point to go, okay, no more poisons. And that's when I said, I'm not having any more chemotherapy. We're not, we're not going down that road anymore. Yeah, we're not. And it was, that was the tipping point. And from that point on, once you've got the courage, then you can leap into the other side. And on the difference, the difference between what you do to heal naturally compared to healing pharmaceutically, which isn't actually healing, Mm. um, is chalk and cheese because the experience of being under pharmaceuticals is horrible. Mm. And any time that man interferes with nature, we stuff up. Yeah. We just do yeah. for everything. There are side effects for every single pharmaceutical mm. because mm. it just interrupts the balance of play in, within our bodies. Mm. It just does. But on the other hand, all of the things on the other side where you're wa- working in harmony with nature, they all bring all those good things you talked about, love and joy mm. and peace. It brings all of that into you so the experience of healing in a natural way is all good Mm. and that goodness is what's on the other side of courage Mm. it's so beautiful Mm. it's so beautiful and so going back to what you was talking about the the vantage point and what is that big change point in your life cancer has been incredible because it has tuned me into the incredible intelligence of nature 
finding that point of courage and leading me into this beautiful space where now I am so much more at peace. I'm so much more at rest. I understand the importance of rest. I understand the importance of listening to um, the, the intelligence of the body, mm. not just in decisions in relation to health and cancer, but in, in relation to all sorts of things, which opens up more expanse for joy, more expanse for connecting with other mm. people, more expanse for everything mm. in life. Mm. Um, so beautiful. Oh it's like it's your, yeah. your, your energy is yeah. just like palpable so at the good. moment hearing you talk about that. Yeah, it's so good. And when you look at the difference between people whose experience of healing from cancer naturally to those mm. who have gone down the traditional route, mm. everyone who's gone down who I have spoken to mm. has some sort of chronic health problem that hasn't been addressed mm. or has been caused. But everybody that's healed naturally that I have come across is so much better than they were prior to cancer. Mm. Opposites, absolute opposites. I think as well, it's like, yeah, yeah it, it's amen. I don't think I can like add to that. <laughs> Um, but something else that comes up it's like which I just want to hold as well and it's it's clear from from you two but I'll just say it you know for completeness is that it's not to say that everything and everyone in the healthcare system is wrong and anyone who's been down that route has made a complete mistake oh not at all not at all there's incredible value and intelligent wonderful and useful people and wisdom there but it's just like it's not actually the what it's the how Mm. it's not it's well for me anyway when i what if what if it like the covid vaccine actually doesn't matter it's your the the position from which you made the decision to have it or not mm. do you know like what if i don't know but if it aligns with you great yeah. and it's not going to cause disalignment in your body and your being if it doesn't align with you and you choose not to, also great, you're in alignment. But when you're out of alignment mm. and you're making a decision based on yeah. someone else's point of view or someone else's imposition on you, yeah. then that's that. I, th- I think that's actually more important. Mm. I agree 100%. All, anything, everything should be individualized and there should be no bog standard approach. Everyone needs to do this or everybody needs to do that. Mm. You have to listen to what's right for you. Different horses for and, different courses. Yeah, yeah. And, and even if, you know, Sally, like if I were to, like, if you decided, it sounds like you definitely won't, but if you decided to completely go down the medical route for the rest of your life and, like, be hooked up to all sorts of instruments and pharmaceuticals and whatever, if I put to you that would extend your life 10 years mm. versus living the way you're living now, mm. what would you choose? Oh, yeah, well, you know, I'd much prefer... Is that the, do I answer that question? Well, no, it's just like, it, it <laughs> kind of, it's like the, the, yeah, it's a hypothetical, but the like metaphor is that like animals live longer in captivity than they do in the wild, mm. right? Mm. Um, ships are safest at harbour, but that's not what ships are built for, mm. right? Yeah. You know, so. Um, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's like the, the, the power, it, like what comes up for me when I hear there's a, an amazing Ram Das documentary. I mean, he's amazing, but the, yeah. the one that he did before he died, that was on, I think I saw it on Netflix, um, after he'd had the stroke and he says, I don't wish you, I don't wish the stroke on anyone, but I wish you the grace from the stroke. Mm, yeah. And you Very said something similar to that. You're like, I wouldn't ask for this, but 
it has been that catalyst for me to be who you are now. Yeah. Have you read the book um, Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani? No, I haven't. Have you? It's... I haven't read it. I've got oh, it in my on my bedhead to read. Yeah, it's so amazing. It's fascinating. It's about this woman who kind of had a similar... Like, she had an awakening right as she was about to drop the body and pass on. She had stage four cancer, lemon-sized cancers in her neck and once she had this realization i won't go into it because it's longer but um she within 11 days of that experience she everything was absolved with her body with and she went back for months because the doctors could not conceive it as possible and then she wrote the book well um it was so amazing and she was talking all about that just that realization that we are from pure love we are pure love and 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 that um, a lot of her choices had been made from fear, even if she was choosing something healthy out of, like she was, should say, even if I chose like an apple over something that was unhealthy, I was choosing it out of fear. And then ah, she realized yeah. that whole, like where we, where we generate or choose anything from is, it's just to soften and open and the, from where we choose from is is everything it's so important it's where we where we rest in ourselves and also with etymology the, the word courage is um it actually cur c-o-u-r mm. is um heart that's the mm. the core is it yeah isn't that beautiful oh. yeah i just thought that was an interesting one when i learned that one that cur is heart mm. telling the story of who you are with your whole heart or being from your heart and also that that thing of like if we are operating in our like the more fear-based um which is fear is so important it's such an important signal in our body to yeah. alert you, you us can't have courage without fear mm. yeah right yeah but you don't want to rest and hang out in fear yeah. because mm. obviously then you're not in rest and re- repair mm. and all of that and you and you can't you can't really receive the higher frequency um, signals in your body if you're if you're in that tight tightened space you have yeah. to expand and open up for the rest of your energy bodies to receive to receive the other frequencies and signals that then get sent to the body and get translated and then give you the insights to move forward but it's that again it's the the cur the heart is that um again like with how you were talking about the um that graph of emotions mm. Like that's the middle point is the courage one, mm-hmm. and because that's that's the heart resting pl- when you start getting into the heart frequency resonance, and you know the more loving we are, the more intelligent we become. Mm. It's, yeah, it's and true. It's, it's so freeing, mm. and they say, isn't it the opposite of fear? It's love. Perfect love casts out fear. That being in that space of total acceptance. Mm. is so freeing to make choices because it's amazing when we really think about what prevents us from doing what we want to do or what we feel we should do or anything most of Mm. the time Mm. it's fear that stops us from Mm. being who we could be but fear is important too to to help us navigate things too Abs- but obviously absolutely. just not um, but not living in a state of yeah. fear yeah 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 i love it i've had uh, like yeah i've had so many conversations 
on the show from people that have told their stories and their stories we haven't explicitly dived into this level of detail on the topics but their stories touch on this you know people from the banking industry that felt like they couldn't stick their neck out Mm. or uh, just so many different examples and i love how you two have brought out your personal stories in that and then we've really kind of like gone deep in it's not actually the what it's the how and the place from which we're coming Mm. like that just i love when you say that because you've said that on another podcast I listened to and I really appreciated that and you yeah it I do really uh, respect and appreciate your journey and how you you did reach out you just reached out of the blue and I was so (laughs) moved by your experience I was just like wow that's just you're so brave and it's it, it must have been an exhausting as well like really challenging and yeah acknowledge your your bravery and your tenacity to keep going and and then to align with your heart Mm. in it all yeah thank you and and i mean Mm. for you in in terms of just being as brave as you were in standing up and um Mm. being somebody that people could go to to Mm. say this is what you because you're there as a figure that has stood up people know that they can Mm. safely come to you with their experiences and Mm. that's so important and I remember after our first conversation Mm. just feeling really encouraged um really encouraged Mm. that there are more people out there (laughs) with there's a lot of people actually so many incredibly highly successful people in the public eye as well who are still just about to come over the ra- under the radar over the radar yeah. I, I think there's actually a whole lot more people than we than we yeah. know who are really yeah. asking deep questions hmm. and and crisis and difficulty they are the opportunities from which we grow and so on a microcosm like our both of our experiences mm. from the health point of view leading to change i think we can look very positively on mm. what's happening now in society even though it feels like a very difficult space to be in and where there is censorship and it feels so difficult mm. um, that that has enabled the um, bringing together of community this is what I've experienced in a, in a, in a way that mm. um, <sighs> not having crisis you, you don't you don't seek out that same yeah. community and response and i and i know you probably experienced that with the flood as well people connecting yeah. so i wonder i don't wonder i i like to believe that um the crisis point that we've had with the difficulties under under covid and the segregation and so forth that the the underbelly of that and hopefully the outworking will be something more positive out of this crisis this crisis point that there will be a, a greater awakening of um a better understanding of health a better understanding of how to to treat illness um a better understanding of education my goodness mm. so many people now are going to homeschooling and mm. looking at alternative schooling as well yeah. as a result of this there's a, so many more people are growing their own food so many more people are connecting more with nature because mm. they've had the questions mm. um that haven't been answered because the medical institution has made things feel so nonsensical mainstreamers like myself have gone ah this is weird and (laughs) 
and sought answers that previously wouldn't have mm. and led us down a different path. Mm. Um, and I think that's exciting that more people can be in tune with nature more people can be connecting one another more people can be even harking back to well how did we used to do things how can Mm. we heal things with herbs how can we rest more how can we not be so driven and so busy all the time how can we make time for one another how can we eat good real Mm. food yeah oh i 100 and it's what you say about crises and challenges and suffering and 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 through your experience but on that collective level as well that's yeah that's where the growth comes and we certainly felt that in the floods you know there was an element of obviously we wouldn't wish the this the damage and the suffering on anyone but there was a there was an element of magic there because it was like we've dropped the the masks that we all wear temporarily mm-hmm. to be real in this situation mm-hmm. and to live like to, to help one another and come from that place of love mm-hmm. and yeah. you know i think that my belief is that that is happening on a global level you know whether you could like health mental health climate whatever is all it of these things or are you actually witnessing that yeah i think i think i am i think we are Experience. and i don't think it's yeah. going to be resolved it's more than ever really but within yeah. my lifetime you know i think it's a period of time a generational yeah. period of time yeah. and one of my favorite authors and speakers charles eisenstein so it guess says he goes so far to say that people always talk about the population booming is like catastrophic for the world but he actually says there's a reason this many souls want to be here at this time mm-hmm. because it's such a significant moment in history yeah wow and it's like whew, like i felt that when he said that mm. if i may i'd love to connect you with him we oh, i had to. a conversation with him recently oh, wow mm. um it was amazing uh, with several other health experts doctors scientists um uh, number one athletes in the world and it became a five-hour conference call that that I helped organize me and my friend um, and it was so amazing wow. and he spoke about conscience specifically and he was just he was just so eloquent yeah so I, gracious yeah. I think he'll go down as one of the like seminal thought mind. leaders yeah. of our time and it yeah. won't be He'll be vilified within his lifetime, but he will be reflected upon as like an incredible thought leader. Yeah. So yes, please. Yeah, you should definitely chat with him. I'm sure he um, would. Is that conference call, was it recorded? Will it be available? We recorded it, yeah. It was right, uh, yeah. It was around the time for the five to 11-year-olds um, mm. pushing pushing the, um, the medicalization. So we were wanting to talk to all these different people who were also wanting to just ask questions about about it um technically it is online i can send you a link i haven't shared it yet um it was a lot it was a lot to organize all of that and because there were so many highly um influential very famous people on the call we had to get clearance from every single person Mm. like you know yeah Eric Clapton, Kelly Slater, lots oh, of different wow. really wonderful people. Yeah. But yeah, it is actually online, so I can send it to you. Mm. Amazing. Like. Thank you. I would love yeah. that. And I feel like we could just oh, talk about so many more things. We didn't touch on education. We didn't touch on a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> so we could go things. deeper into spirituality, but yeah. I think we're going to have to land it for now. Um, but I will just say thank you, both of you for the time and the wisdom and the energy that you put in driving up here being part of this conversation Mm -hmm. uh, but on a much bigger 
level i want to say thank you to both of you for your bravery your courage you know being who you are sally sharing your journey i think it's incredible that people a lot of people are going to resonate with it um isabel for consistently speaking your truth knowing um the the public perception of some of the things that you do or say just doing it anyway and being yourself and what that does actually gives permission for other people to do the same as we've seen here with sally so thank you both so much i'm so grateful for both of you and this has been a great conversation thank you thanks (laughs) amazing land it there yeah that was great